Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Good Shepherd, our crucified and risen Savior, Jesus Christ. The Word of God that I'd like to study with you on this Good Shepherd and Confirmation Sunday is the Gospel reading from John chapter 10. That is the Good Shepherd chapter of the Bible. We'll be looking at the beginning of that chapter. It's printed out in the worship folder if you'd like to follow along. Most of you haven't been to my catechism class, but if you came just once, you'd find out my favorite question is agree or disagree. And we've done these before. Usually, you're supposed to be able to both agree and disagree, but explain why. So it's Confirmation Sunday. I have to start with an agree or disagree for you. So agree or disagree. You hear voices. Tom, I know you hear voices. We all hear voices, don't we? In fact, the voices that are in our heads are often a reflection of the voices that we hear on the outside. We hear voices from government leaders. We hear celebrities, whether that's music or TV and movies or now social media. We hear from education and teachers and coaches. We hear family members, not just our parents, but aunts and uncles and cousins. And then we add friends to the mix. And of course, we all have that little voice inside of our head that, that's I. The more important question is, to which of those voices are you listening? Which voices influence the way you think and how you feel or the way that you live. Which voices are you following in your daily life? Today, Jesus himself reminds us that there is only one voice that can give you life. And of course, it's Jesus' voice. And so today, my prayer is not only for our confirmants in the next service, but for all of God's sheep, that we listen to the voice of our Savior Jesus. But let's talk about what we hear from some of those other voices. I know there are a lot of different voices in the government. Some are arguing for big government and some for little government. But along the way, they're all wanting us to trust them. Right? Pay your taxes, follow the laws, and just let us take care of everything else. Unfortunately, some of the politics of government have now filtered into society. They've always been there, but, but maybe more than ever now, we hear celebrities, again, whether they're musicians or actors and actresses or athletes, I guess they follow the golden rule, whoever has the gold makes the rules, and so they think that because they have a lot of money or a lot of fame, they get to tell us how we should think or how we should live, that, that we should accept everyone, including their lifestyles, even if they're contrary to God's will and design. And that's not just out there. It's filtered into government education to the point where there are some, not all, but there are some, perhaps many within government education that are now saying, parents don't know what's best for their kids. You should let us take care of them. And that includes especially helping them with their gender and sexuality. And then there are teachers and coaches who honestly mean well. But they'll say things like, Dream big and, and follow your dreams. Just work hard and dig deep. You can be anything and do anything. 
In fact, I was watching the first round of the NFL draft the other night, and I heard one of the top draft picks say almost that. He said, first I want to thank God for getting me here. He said, but then the, the interview lady said, well, how did you get here? He said, well, you just have to believe in yourself and work hard, and you can be anything and do anything. Well, those two things, trusting in God and trusting in self, they, they don't actually coexist. Parents and family, too, want the best for their children, and so will encourage them with follow your heart, follow your dreams. And, and of course, then, there's that voice inside of us, the I voice, that says, well, all of these people can say whatever they want, but ultimately, I get to decide. I'm going to live the way that I want and do what I want and believe what I want and nobody else can tell me otherwise. So many voices. Jesus tells us that most of those voices are thieves and robbers for two reasons. First of all, he said the thief and the robber, they don't come in through the gate. They sneak in. They climb over the wall. And I think that happens to us even unknowingly. It's simply because anytime we turn on the radio or the TV, anytime we scroll through our social media, we're inviting those voices into our lives. And I'm not suggesting that we shelter ourselves, but it's to realize that everyone who creates content, anyone who writes or sings a song, anyone who produces or acts out a, a TV show or a movie, anybody who puts something on social media, they all have a message. There's really nothing out there that's purely entertainment. Everyone has a voice. And those voices, if we're not careful, they will sneak in and influence us. Now, I grew up in the 80s, so we had big hair rock bands and heavy metal. And, and I don't know if kids still say this today, but back at that time, the kids would say, well, I don't listen to the lyrics. I just like the beat of the music. Well, that doesn't work. You can't separate the message from the music. It, it is going to influence you. Now, that wouldn't be a problem if those voices echoed the voice of Christ. But many of them don't. In fact, many of them speak not in our best interest, but for themselves. Especially the, the people out there that we don't know. The reason they're out there pounding the podium or using their platform or creating content is because they want more money, more power, more influence, more followers, more for themselves, and they don't always care about who gets destroyed in the meantime. And even those who mean well, family members and Teachers and coaches and doctors and, and sometimes even parents. If they say something that's contrary to God's word, it's still robbing and stealing from us. Good intentions don't overcome the fact that any time we live or believe or think contrary to God's word, it's leading us away from God and stealing from us the very life that God wants to give us. Jesus said, the thieves and the robbers come only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus came to give you life. He doesn't sneak in. 
Jesus doesn't force himself on anyone. Jesus came to this world at the request and will of God his Father. And for only one reason, it was to save us from sin and all of the destruction that sin causes. And so with just a brief review of our catechism, we remember that even though Jesus is true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, he became true man. He humbled himself. He took on the nature of a servant and became fully human for two reasons. First of all, he had to become human so that he could be born under the law. God is above the law, right? Because he's God. He makes the rules. When Jesus became human, he was obligated to follow that law in the same way that we are. And Jesus became human so that he could die. God is eternal. No beginning and no end. But when Jesus became human, he had a human beginning. He was born and a human end. He died. As God, Jesus lived a perfect life and he can now offer holiness to us, which was what God demands to live in his presence forever. And as God, his death, his sacrifice, his holy precious blood and innocent suffering and death paid not just for the sins of a few people, but he was the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. And then after Jesus finished his work of saving us, God exalted him. We confess regularly he descended into hell, not to suffer more, but to proclaim his victory to Satan. Then he rose from the dead, as we've been hearing the last few weeks, and he appeared to the women and the disciples and Thomas and, and the two on the road to Emmaus to prove that he is God, that he has forgiven our sins, and that there is life after death. We confess that Jesus now sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, fulfilling his three offices. Remember those? Prophet, priest, and king. As prophet, Jesus continues to speak his voice through the proclamation of the gospel and the ministry of the church. As priest, Jesus prays for us. As king, he rules over all things for our good. And then he promises he will come back. And when Jesus comes back, all will hear his voice. And all of those who have already died, they will be raised from the dead and Jesus will separate the sheep from the goats, the believers from the unbelievers, and then he will publicly announce to those who refuse to listen to his voice, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. But to all who did hear and listen and follow his voice, Jesus will say, come and receive the inheritance prepared for you since the creation of the world. Only Jesus can give you life. That's why Jesus used an I am statement. The Pharisees, they still didn't understand what he was saying. And so Jesus used another analogy. He said, I am, which reminded them, he's God. I am the gate, Jesus said, the gate for the sheep. We might say he's the door that leads into heaven. And he's the only door or gate that leads into heaven. Jesus reminded his disciples on the night before he was betrayed that he was going to prepare a place for them and, and that they knew the way. And when one of the disciples said, how do we know the way? Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Only Jesus is true God 
who lived a perfect life and offers it to us. Only Jesus, as true God, can forgive all sins. Only Jesus rose from the dead and can offer eternal life. And so what grace, when Jesus calls us, and he called you by name, I'm pretty excited in a couple of hours when the four compromands are in the next service. They'll each be called by name to come to the front and to hear Jesus' voice in their confirmation passage and in a blessing. They'll make promises to remain faithful to God, but that's only a response to God's promise to remain faithful to them. God made that promise to you too. In holy baptism, your Savior literally called you by name. Likely, a pastor poured some water on your head and spoke the simple words that Jesus gave us to speak. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And every single week at the beginning of almost every service, we remember our baptisms when we begin worship in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we relive our baptism by confessing our sin and hearing Jesus speak to us through the pastor, I have forgiven all of your sins. Every single time we relive our baptism, beginning with the first time, God washes away all of your sin. He clothes you in a robe of righteousness, which is why the pastor still usually wears a white gown and the confirmands will have a white gown. And and at baptism, most of us wore little white gowns or little white suits. It's a reminder that Jesus has cleansed you and made you holy. And not only that, you are God's own dear child. When we're born, we're spiritually dead, blind, and enemies of God. We're children of Satan, and he's not a very good father. As your father, Satan only wants to use and abuse you and then throw you off on the side of the road. But Jesus called you by name. He called you brother or sister. He made you an heir of God's kingdom. And not just that one time in baptism. He continues to call you every single time you come to worship. Every time he announces forgiveness, but then every time he invites you to come to the table, to the sacrament of the altar, and hear Jesus himself speak to you, take and eat, this is my body. Take and drink, this is my blood, given and poured out for you. Yes, all of you, but also each and every one of you for the forgiveness of your sins. Jesus continues to call you by name to follow him through his word. He calls you to deny yourself, to pick up your cross and follow him. And he promises that when you follow him, he'll provide for you more than even the birds of the air or the flowers of the field. He will protect you, and whether that means he'll keep evil away from you or give you the strength to endure it. He promises that even when you have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, whether that's a loved one or your own, even then, his rod and his staff, they will comfort you. He has already prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Your cup overflows and surely goodness and love will follow you all the days of your life. This is a life that the world cannot give. No politician, no celebrity, No teacher, no pastor, no parent, no self, only Jesus. And so today I plead with you again, 
to listen to his voice. Like our confirmands, you have learned to know the voice of Christ through your time in studying his scripture. We can always, of course, know it better and learn to follow it more. Which is why we invite you to come and hear Jesus' voice every week in worship. Why go a single week without hearing the voice of your Savior assure you of your forgiveness and give you strength for the rest of the week? And you know, I, I could go on here for an hour or two, but you don't want me to preach that long. So, so that's why I keep inviting you to Bible study. Because in Bible study, we get to hear Jesus' voice not only longer, but, but we get to think about it more deeply and apply it to our lives. And not just our own, but also the lives of our fellow believers, whether that's in a life group or New Life in Christ as a review of the catechism or Sunday morning or Thursday morning. And listen to the voice of Jesus at home. Whether that's with your family or your spouse or if it's just you and Jesus. Open your Bible and ask him to speak to you. And then respond. Speak back with your prayers of thanks and praise, but also your requests for forgiveness and help. And then trust that when you follow the voice of your Savior Jesus, he will give you life. So agree or disagree. You hear voices. Those voices that you hear in your head, they're a reflection of the ones that have the most influence on you. Stop and think carefully about the voices that are trying to sneak in and steal and rob and kill by leading you away from Christ. And instead, listen only to the voice of your Savior Jesus through his word and sacraments, through family and friends and fellow believers who will echo his voice as they share scripture with you, find two or three that are willing to call you to repentance as needed, but then also assure you of God's forgiveness. Find, find two or three that are willing to remind you of the promises you already know so well, but you need to hear them in times of trial. Listen to the voice of Jesus. And he promises that, that he won't just give you some life. He will give you life to the full. Amen.